well, I'd like to welcome you out to uh, the first episode for now our sixth season of the Lodestone Training and Consulting Podcast. I'm Jared Ross. And I'm Chris Johnson. And yeah, this is the, the first one. We've, we've recorded a few that are going to go out after this, but this will be the first official one for this, our sixth season. That's six seasons. That, that's pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, and I still listen to podcasts. I'm not on a podcast. I still feel that way. <laughs> I guess I need to start realizing I'm actually on a podcast. Well, but you do listen. You were just telling me about your beefcake podcast. Yeah, you yeah, listen to. Yeah, Mind Pump. Mind Pump. Yeah. 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 I, Joe Rogan is also uh, is is a go to hardcore history go to. Um, I mean, when you travel as much as Jared and I do, you have to be able to listen to something. Yeah. I I, I can't waste time. Uh, shoot, um, flying back from Vegas, flying to Vegas. Uh, I know you had layovers. I had layovers. It was, whole day is wasted. Or could have been wasted, but yeah. I took the opportunity to listen to some podcasts, uh, do some reading. I did watch a movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, on the flight out to um, to Vegas, I watched Blood Diamond. Oh okay, yeah. Okay, which you know, I like that show. That's always sparks the the mind. Yeah, I watched I watched a movie on the way back. From Vegas, what was that? Bullet Train. Yes, Bullet Train. Yes, that was that was an entertaining. Movie. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? That was that was, that was yeah, entertaining. I, I watched that um, when it first came on Amazon Prime. Yeah, uh, I saw that and I was like, "Yeah, this is a good film. <laughs> very well timed. The timing was very good on that film." But yeah, so uh, six seasons. Yeah, pretty nuts. Mm. So what I wanted to start off today talking about is I've just been doing some thinking and some reflecting and I was thinking about as I was growing up as a kid uh, there were a couple times maybe I was hanging around with the wrong kids or wrong group of friends or acquaintances or whatnot but uh, that hasn't changed yeah right but I was probably like 16 maybe 15 and I was hanging out with some kids in Lidditz of all places and in Lidditz, Pennsylvania. And uh, I don't know, it was a Friday night, Saturday night, walking around, and somebody pulled up in their car. I guess they knew some of the guys that I was with, and and uh, I guess there was some animosity there. So uh, car pulls up, window comes down, and next thing I know, there's a, a pistol being pointed at us. And uh, that was that was an interesting experience. It's kind of uh, kind of surreal, you know. It happened, and there it was, and all oh, my body, my eyes were seeing it. My senses were telling me, "Hey, someone's pointing a gun at you." It just wasn't clicking. It was my mind was almost like in vapor lock, and it was there until they were yelling at each other a little bit, and then uh, then they, they drove off. It wasn't until the car drove off where I was actually starting to to compute and, and think about, "Whoa, what, what the heck just happened there?" Um, that was that was kind of wild. So in thinking about that, it's just thinking about the training that we do and how so many of our classes are designed to help prepare a person so that when they are faced with a that kind of event where you're not necessarily prepared and not not that you're not prepared for it, but you're not expecting it, that you don't just sit yeah. there and, and and freeze up, you know, that fight, flight, or freeze. My, and that was definitely a freeze response that I had at that time. I don't know. Then with that thought, and I started thinking about 
you know, other times. It was soon after that I got, I think, into my first real fist fight. When was the first time you got in a fist fight? Uh, fifth grade. Fifth grade? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it was a real legit one? Yes. Oh, yes. Well, that's a lot earlier than me, so but go ahead. It was, I was a, a very small kid. Okay. I, I didn't, I was five, six, I want to say, until I was 16. Okay. Uh, my younger brother was taller than I was. Like, he shot past me when, when I was 12, when he was like 10. Um, and I, my older brother was 5'7", so I thought that I was just going to be little mm-hmm. all my life. Um, so I, I was doing uh, summer school, uh, fifth grade going into sixth grade. So I guess it was the summer of my, my sixth grade year, right? Okay. Just before sixth grade. And uh, this kid, Brian Garcia, all all day long, you know, telling everyone he's going to fight me. As soon as we got off the bus, he was going to fight me. He was going to fight me. And uh, Brian Garcia, blonde hair, blue eyed, little kid. You know, I was little. We were, you know, what, 11? Yeah. You know, uh, I get off the bus and I know he's going to kick my, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I step off and he he pushes me. And I just had this reaction like, that was really dumb. Like, because in my mind, I, I went to all the, you know, Bruce Lee movies that my older brother had watched and, uh, you know, I, blood sport and uh-huh. you know, all those things. And like this just shoving me thing didn't make any sense. And I didn't have any formal training. I'd never done karate or any kind of anything. My younger brother had been doing Taekwondo uh, a little bit, but Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy. Yeah. I hadn't done anything. And I just, thought, well, what, why did he do that? So I punched him and it was a horribly bad punch. I mean, it was a haymaker thrown from uh-huh. know, right hand from all the way outside. And, but he wasn't prepared for it and it connected and it dropped him to the ground. And he was shocked. And I just climbed on top of him and started pounding. There like, you go. Like the kid from Christmas story, uh-huh. you know? Um, and then it was suddenly like, People are talking because he was he was kind of a bully, and then I I was a you know aggressive, and that was the first time that I learned. If you don't have skill, just get aggressive, mm-hmm. and that's what I did, and um, I continued throughout my my school years because I never really knew how to fight. I just knew to get aggressive, and I was always small. I mean, even when I got got the height that I have, you know, I shot up my my sixteen year sixteenth year. Um, I went from being like five six, between sixteen to eighteen, and I, I became six two. So six inches in two years. Uh, it was it was a, but I, I didn't change a lot in weight. I stayed. I was a long distance runner. I stayed right around that hundred and thirty pounds. Well, I, I saw some pictures of you when you first got to the eighty deuce. I was and, small. Yeah, yeah. People don't realize that. Like even after the Q course, when I got to group, I was one hundred and sixty five pounds. Really? Yeah. I mean, I was it. it my first uh, deployment with group, um, that was the first time I started actually lifting. Uh, my medic was was really big into the Olympic lifts, and no one on my team was into running. So, you know, in, in Iraq, like, yeah, we were on a small little compound on the Iraqi side, so there wasn't a lot of running unless it was on the treadmill. So I lifted a lot, and that was the first time that, like, I, I ever took – you know, supplemented protein, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like we had class one funds, we got protein shakes and stuff. So I was drinking protein and I came home and Pam did not recognize me. 
like I put on like 30 pounds. Uh-huh. I mean, I was, and it was clean, like muscle. That's where I gained size. Um, it was, it was kind of, kind of shocking. And I didn't realize right before I retired, um, I was in Virginia doing some training, uh, with the, um, JPRA, the joint personnel recovery. And, uh, I went down to see my first squad leader who lived in Virginia down okay, in, yeah. in R- Richmond. And, um, you know, he was always like a big guy. Like he was, the guy is one of those dudes that goes in the gym and you know, he puts all the plates on the bench, you know? He lifts all the weights. Yeah, he lifts all the weights. A great dude. Um, but, you know, like when I was in his squad, I was the runner. I was the, you know, 140 pound yeah. skinny kid that. They, they love those know, guys yeah. in the 82nd. Well, I could run and I could do push ups. Yeah. What more do you need, right? Um, oh, I could, and I could rock. Uh, so when he sees me, he was like, what happened? Did you take roids? And I was like, no, I just lifted weight and actually ate food. You know, I, I did more than Dr. Pepper and beef jerky, uh, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah. My first uh, my first experience, my first fight taught me at a very, very young age that like 10 or 11 years old that violence is important. Yeah. Uh, even if you don't know, get aggressive. And I'll tell you that was the first experience I had of the adrenaline dump because as I was walking home, like after that, like I was shaking and like I was in tears and Uh like I felt sick. And, you know, of course I was a kid. I didn't know how to emotionally process any of that stuff. And, you know, like I didn't understand what was happening to me and like, I didn't want anyone to see me that like I was crying, you know, and like, I thought that was like, you know, showing how weak I was and, it was weird because, you know, like the next, it was a Friday. The next week when we went to school, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, you, you're such a whatever, you yeah, know, yeah. man, I'm trying to use PGA. Uh, and I, my reaction is like, oh, if they'd only seen me afterwards, like, I'm glad no one saw me, you know, and I didn't understand. Yeah. I, I didn't know the things that I know now. That, it's that, a that's normal physiological Perfectly effect. normal, yep. you know, um, and that, <laughs> Yeah. I can still picture that kid. He had a little spiky haircut, little little tool. Well, the, the first real fight that I got into, again, I, I was older than that. I probably was, I don't again, I don't know, 15, 16, you know, somewhere around there. About the you know, same time frame when yeah. someone pulled that gun out on us. Um, I was hanging out with some friends again, a different part, a d- different small town in, in Pennsylvania. And uh, I this guy came over and started mouthing off to uh, to one of my friends and started to, to threaten him. So my friend was much skinnier than me, and uh, so I got in between them. And uh, basically, yeah, you need to back down. I'm not going to let you mess around with, with my friend. So he shoved me, just like you know, yeah, that guy you know, yeah. shoved me. And then I mentally I realized... He shoved me. He, he, that, that means game on. That that means we're gonna fight. I need to fight this guy. And uh, again, you know, I, I knew it all because I've I, I watched the Bruce Lee movies and I watched all the <laughs> stuff. And right at that moment, all of a sudden, I had this sickening uh, realization that you know everything before was just uh, I was just make believe. Mm-hmm. I had no clue what to do. So I actually like shook a little bit. Like, uh, do I do I throw a punch or whatever? And the guy was like, you know, like thinking. 
I guess in his mind, he was thinking, what, what are you going to do? Cause I didn't immediately strike mm. back. I was just like trying to figure out what the heck am I going to do? And then I, uh, headbutted the guy <laughs> headbutted him that's what it kicked it off for me so i headbutted him and i believe i didn't quite get his head i think i smashed his nose and then i started swinging after that i don't even know if i landed anything and i was trying to overwhelm him with with numbers and with violence yeah but really what i think happened in hindsight was that I headbutted and smashed his nose, which immediately caused him to burst into tears and blood all over the place. Mm -hmm. And then I think all the, the swinging, that was just, you know, that didn't do a thing. That was all superficial. What, what yeah. started, what ended the fight was uh, me hitting his nose with my forehead. And so after swinging for a little bit, then he goes down on a knee. Um, then, and I stopped. And then uh, I, I picked the kid up and, and like walked him across the street walked him home and you know there and i thought boy i was i was quite the tough guy then but in thinking about all that stuff it is so similar and you guys listening you know them they're your family they're your friends they're your neighbors they've got that hunting rifle or they bought that pistol and because they they've got that that firearm and they've watched a movie or two they all saw john wick they don't need to train because because they've got it down just as much as shoot I'd seen Fist of Fury. I've seen Bloodsport. I, I, I knew yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. And then until I'm there at the moment, I did not have a clue. And it was only luck, only luck that I managed to, you know, well, headbutt you know, that in, kid. In, in both those situations, we were talking about going up against someone that was unprepared for a violence response. Mm -hmm. And they themselves were untrained, you know. Well, I, I know I've mentioned this at least once on the podcast. I got a big head after that. So it was only a few weeks, maybe a month afterwards, some kid was running his mouth at, 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 at class at school. So uh, after the break period, he went into the bathroom. I went in the bathroom, and I started talking smack. And then uh, I went ahead and I, I swung at him because, boy, I was, you know, I, I, was, I was a tough guy. And this guy clearly had been in a couple of street fights before because he cleaned my clock. <laughs> he knocked me down. Um, I think three times. Uh, and, and thankfully it was just a good old school fight where, yeah. you know, you know, he knocked me down. I got up, knocked me down, got up, knocked me down. And then I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to stay down. Unlike today where, you know, something yeah. like that happens, then here comes the shivs or, or all his buddies are going to put their boots on me yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's one of the, that or the, you know, when we were, when we were kids, you could do these things mm -hmm. and you, the repercussions were well. You're, you experienced that. Now it's expulsion and and jail and all kinds of things. Permanent yeah. record damage and, yeah. and all of that. Even if you're completely innocent in yeah. it, you're going to be penalized just as much as the guy perpetrating yeah. it. Yep. Which it allows it protects the the criminal who allows them to you know act un uncouth. Yeah. Yeah. Shamefulness, but you know it's funny. Um, you you make the the mention of you know we we had seen the movies, and right now there are people that are like, well, I've seen the movies, uh, I've watched the YouTube videos, and that is something that we hear time and time again for from new students. They they'll come out and they're like, ah, you know, I've I've seen the video, but it just didn't make. Now it makes sense because they've been put through and had that experience. Yeah, and I know you and I both 
as we are working and trying to get the the YouTube stuff going and thinking about the content and stuff that we can help reach a broader audience and, and pass that information on with, uh, kind of like the podcast, there are just some things that you have to experience. And, you know, I can watch videos. I, I, I do it all the time. You know, I own a house. I need to do home repairs. I watch videos. I, woodworking is a hobby of mine. I mm-hmm. watch videos. And there comes a point where, like, I'm just not getting it. I need to go take a class. I need to go experience these things. And those are hobby things. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking about saving someone's life uh, or saving, you know, or, or doing the deed uh, when, when necessary. You know, um, you have to have that experience. So that, that reminds me of, of another experience that I had. Um, so I was married and Abby and I, we had, I think it was just the twins. So we just had our our first. And at this point in my life, I've had experienced a a thing or two. I'd already had one deployment under my belt to Afghanistan. And, um, so I had a lot of experience, a lot of, you know, stress inoculation, a lot of stuff that you can get, you know, coming to training or Abby she hadn't. This is before, and this is probably a good year. No, not year. This is probably a good two, two and a half years before uh, the incident where she had to uh, use the shotgun to defend the house. But uh, the twins we had, the crib was right next to, to our bed, in, in our bedroom. And one of them started to, to choke. Uh, maybe they coughed up or something, but all of a sudden they, they, they were struggling and you could hear them gurgling yeah. and, and, and laying on their back and and uh, struggling to, to breathe. So she was closer, but as soon as that happened, this had never happened before to her, never happened before to me for that matter, but she froze. Where I then, and she was closest to, to the kids, where I immediately, you know, reacted, jumped, went around mm-hmm. the, the bed, got to the crib, got the kid up, flipped them over, you know, and, and holding them on their stomach and everything. So whatever was, was they're choking on could, could come out. And, and it did. And, you know, with a couple... Not too strong, but you know some nice persuasive swacks. Oh uh, yeah, on yeah. the back, yeah, you know to help help get everything out. And uh, then after that was done, and our child was was breathing again, and everything was fine, then she was able to finally, you know, react. And you know maybe it was having that gun pointed at me when mm-hmm. I was a kid, and and getting into those fights and all the other stuff that had prepared me so that now when an unknown situation occurred an unprepared for situation occurred, I was still able to, to respond and react right away. And now, shoot, I think she can respond faster than me. She's, <laughs> she's, she's all over that. Um, but at that moment, she just, she was not. We've, we've ready. talked about the importance of stress inoculation and doing the, the simulated stuff as much as you can. So you have that experience. I'm immediately, when I'm thinking about that, the thought that came into my mind was, Airborne school, the the thirty four foot tower, that's the worst. It is, and like all of all of the, our listeners that are airborne qualified, immediately like, oh, the thirty four foot tower. Those of you who don't know, you don't know. Um, it is easier, and we'll, we to a man. I have never heard anyone be like, oh no, the the thirty four foot tower is much easier than the actual aircraft. No, not at all. That thirty four foot tower, thirty four feet. It's just enough that you know, yeah, I'm gonna get seriously messed up if I if this doesn't work. Where at altitude, you know, the higher you go, the easier it seems, I mean, to, to jump out. But uh, that gave us that stress inoculation. 
that the whole tower week that they do in basic airborne school it gives you all of those stresses in a, a controlled environment so that when you are doing your first jumps yeah it's still terrifying but your the stress is manageable yeah um we i think we only had one guy that was a jump refusal um in my entire class now we had a ton of jump refusals during tower week we had a bunch of people washed out during that but in actual you know the actual airborne week there was one guy that like sat down on the ramp really not on the ramp on the, <laughs> on in, the door? in the door yeah we <laughs> we were jumping the 141s and it had that little like step that folded out uh-huh. and he just sat down on it and you know sir and airborne Gave him a little help out the door off because he's like, I'm not picking him up. No. You know, uh, the guy continued to jump, though. Oh, good yeah. for him. Um, so it just needed that initial out the first door. But, you know, that that was a great example of doing the uh, that stress inoculation, of, of having those experiences in that dangerous but controlled environment. Yeah. Where where you start to uh, to see the benefits. You know. I'm, my head's just going right here when we're talking stress inoculation. I was just out with uh, with my my adopted father uh, Monday, and we were talking about classes and things that, that he should come to. And I was like, "You need to do the dynamics of a gunfight." And that is the class that when when you first told me about, it, I was like, "Ah, oh, it's dumb. I, no, I don't want anything to do with this." All right, I'll, I I'm a team player, and I think within the first maybe half hour or hour of that class. I was like, this is so valuable. Mm-hmm. This is so valuable. I mean, I, I, I rarely change my, uh, my opinion so quickly on, on a, on a, on something that I did on that. And I think that's one of the, the classes that I recommend, um, so much because that is a safe environment. It's the 34 foot tower. Yeah. Um, because man, watching people do that, they get that, that adrenaline experience. I love watching people's, uh, body postures change in that because airsoft is a pain, uh, inducing, uh, teaching tool. It's not as bad as UTM, uh, but you feel it. Yeah. And it, one of the things that I like about that class and one of the reasons why I like doing that class in the summer the most is because people are wearing t-shirts. And people are feeling it. People don't want to wear a T-shirt with uh, UTMs. So people start wearing too much equipment, and then they're not feeling, and they're not having that response. Um, and the value of having that, being in those experiences and seeing how you behave and having those different, you know, seeing how other people behave. And one of the things we like to do is we script some of the behaviors. We'll pull someone aside and be like, hey, I want you to start screaming and running. You know, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Um, and that's really to give everyone else that experience of yeah. what people are doing uh, and having the, those influences. That That is definitely a class that I, I look forward to every time we run. Uh, and it's, it's one of those classes that if you've taken it, take it again and bring friends. 100%. Ooh, you're a different person. Yeah, yes, yeah. You, you have different skills now. Yeah. You've trained more. And so see how you react. And, and it, that's one of those classes that, you know, when we talk about having the training journal, that's definitely a class you should have that training journal, write down your experiences with. And then when you take it again, 
write down and see and compare, contrast. How are you different than the first time you took it? Speaking of that, with this upcoming year, <clears throat> we, we've been branching out, so we have new locations yeah. and stuff. So this year we have classes already scheduled for, for Lebanon from LCPCPC. Yeah. We'll always be doing yeah. classes there. Uh, we have stuff uh, scheduled out in New Bethlehem mm -hmm. at Longshot, both seminars as well as a, a lot of the more advanced classes are being run there. They have a nice uh, they've property. Got, they've got that thousand meters. I mean, that yeah. is just—it's nice to have that room. Yeah, you're doing the battle rifle class this year, or sorry, last year. Yeah, that was really awesome to be able to take those students and do standing 300, 400 meter shots with a battle rifle. And then another location that we're going to be doing low light stuff is the what the university university out in Reading. Yeah, yeah, I that is a nice facility, and I know that that's a lot closer to a lot of you guys out there, so that'll give you an opportunity to you know I know how to doing a low light class. We we have well some of us have day jobs, and so that might make it a little easier for you to get to where you're you're not having to drive two hours or three hours to get to the class. So we're definitely covering down on more parts of the, the state, state of, yeah. uh, of Pennsylvania. In addition to that, we are locking down dates and we will be going to Texas, North Carolina, Utah, as well as Missouri. Show me state. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's um, we, we've said it before. We're, we're trying to we're a traveling company. And we know that we got listeners all over the country that want us to uh, to come out and train there. Um, so we've said it. Hey, if you have a facility, reach out. And people have. Yeah. People have said, hey, we have this property or we have this range that will will host you guys. We want the training. And so it's pretty neat that that's coming about, uh, and we're getting those opportunities. We, we met a couple different people from Alaska at, at shop. I was so, just going to say, so you know, we're going to pursue that yeah, and see if we can't get up to Alaska. Th there's, you know, there's, we've been invited to, so, you know, okay, North Carolina. I always like going to North Carolina. Uh, that Jared and I, we've 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 spent our fair share of of time there. I look forward to taking Jared back to the beach and and trying try to, to drown me. To, try to drown him again. If you don't know that story, that was that's definitely a, a story of how Chris is a scumbag. Yeah, yeah, um, I'll agree with that. <laughs> uh, but you know, Utah. Of course, we want to go out to Utah. The Rockies are gorgeous. Um, Missouri, I'm I'm interested in. Texas is wonderful, but uh, there's some places out there like Alaska. I've never been to Alaska. Totally want to go to Alaska. Uh, you know, um, Oregon. Uh, you've, you've spent a little bit of time in yeah, Oregon. Yeah, spent a little yeah, bit of time in Oregon, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know that some of our um, Fed partners, they, they've they mentioned wanting to train Oregon, Washington, yeah. Pacific Northwest, which I have been finding tons of hiking trails lately out that way. So it's like when we do that package out there, we're going to have to, like, put, you know, our flights, oh. you know, two or three days after so Bro. I, I can do now, some of these trips. Granted, it's been a couple of decades <laughs> since I spent some time there, but – along the coast in Oregon. Yeah. It, it's a rainforest mm -hmm. and like, oh, it, it's beautiful. It is, it is beautiful. So if you guys are in Oregon and you're like, Hey, we, we want training, you know, reach out. Right on. But yeah, that, that is something that's definitely exciting about this year. Um, being able to branch out. And at the end of the day, I know the juice for me, and I, I think it is for you, Jared is being able to pass our information on to people. 
and the idea that we're going to be able to go to these different locations and meet new uh, people that want training and pass that stuff on. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. I, I love all of you guys that are our students that, that come to our classes. I love seeing your faces. You know, every time I get a, a class roster and, and I read those familiar faces, it just, it, it excites me. Like, yes, those people are going to be there. Um, but it is also exciting to know that we're going to have new people to pass information on to. I love seeing people make that change. And uh, I'm, I'm super pumped for it. You know, one of the uh, the great things about this year, one of the things that I'm excited about is we're being blessed. Uh, we've gotten several good uh, contracts uh, with some of our uh, government partners mm -hmm. that we've been working with for years. Uh, continuing down the train of uh, concepts and training that we've already developed for them and just continue to perfect it. Yeah. I love the the fact and, and expand it and expand it. I love the fact that they value the stuff that we're giving, and uh, see, you know, it, it is it is always good when you're at an event and they they seek you out to let you know how much they appreciate. <laughs> I mean, that was that was pretty awesome. And and, and, and then and not, he should know that I'm talking about him right now because I really appreciate how many times he came by. I like that he brought his wife by to introduce her. Uh huh. That and it means a lot. And then what the, the next day? Hey, I'm bringing over a, a VIP. And I'm like, we already brought your wife. Yeah, so, so who are you bringing? Yeah, yeah. And, and surprise it with his boss's boss. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that that's always good. And so the cool thing about that, other than like the satisfaction of knowing that we're doing a good job, is that's uh, that's blessing us as a company where. Well, before you finish that thought, yeah. you know, another thing too is we've been doing more and more private. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. And some private training, pretty big ones. Yes. So, and that has developed into creating some much larger packages than uh, than I think we had ever, ever even envisioned. Yeah. You know, when we're talking, yeah. Well, I don't want. It, it, it's a private class, yeah. And you know, it, it's again, it's benefiting the company, which allows us. Again, we're not in this for the money. If we were, you know, if we wanted the Ferraris, we would be a much worse company and we'd have Ferraris, <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, we're, we're actually in this to make people better. And one of the things that we talked about last year, I'm really excited about doing this year is the, uh, the super Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, so that is going to be one Tuesday a month where we're going to have here at, uh, LTAC headquarters, uh, in Elizabethtown, we're going to have a seminar and you've gone ahead and decided that part of the 18 me membership is that that Tuesday seminar once a month is going to be included. Yeah, that'll be in, free in, for in your members. eighteen membership. Um, and you know, part of that is you're our family, and we want to benefit you guys. And we're able to do this because we've we've been blessed with these big contracts that are allowing us to you know keep the lights on and to pay for the supplies for, yeah. for these things and uh, to make these things happen. And that's just it's very exciting for me to be able to one be given resources that I can turn around and better my community with. And I'm, I'm just really, really thrilled about that. And what's the first one you're doing the first one. And that's in February, it's yeah. uh, February 14th. And that's going to be a long awaited dry fire workshop seminar. Okay. Uh, and the, the whole concept behind that is w we talk about in class, you need to do dry fire. You need to do dry fire. We're bringing you guys in here. Um, we're going to show you how to do um, the different dry fire routines that Jared and I do. 
um, and other LTAC instructors, uh, things that we've gained from our military experience, things that our law enforcement friends have done uh, in order to make you more proficient on the range and on the battlefield. So the next one in March, if memory serves me correctly, it's going to be terminal ballistics. So we'll be talking about where to aim, how to aim, and uh, and then the effects uh, on the body. So that's, again, that should be very interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting seminar. And all this is, we're trying to pass that knowledge on. And uh, the way we figure it is we, we pick Tuesday, you know, middle of the week. Uh, it's, we know it's not going to interfere with any of our other scheduled uh, events. It, you know, we, we usually schedule things out later in the week. Um, and it's going to allow us to have that, uh, you guys know, Hey, once a month, there's going to be a class on Tuesday. So you can start planning ahead. Uh, the idea is that you're coming to everyone and we want to be filling those classes so that we're giving you guys all the opportunities to have that, that information. Like all our classes, there's going to be a limited seating. So it's first come first serve. Yeah. So you got to. You got to get signed up. Cool. Another thing I guess to announce now is even though it's not on the website, but the date, some of you uh, are going to want to pencil on that date. So light fighter three, the light fighter challenge is going to be October 14th. So that's Saturday, October 14th. And it's going to be bigger than what it was last year. And that's about all, uh, I'm really prepared to say I've, at this point. I've been thinking of some new events. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Um, I'm not going to say what they are. No, well, I mean, not. we'll we'll turn the the tape off and and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about what I'm thinking. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited. So you know, the Life Fighter Three. Uh, yeah, I have I have some more ideas, some some more things. And it really, the fuel that, that drives me is the change that I've seen in you guys out there in doing the light fighter. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of my adopted son out there and his first light fighter that he did, how, how that was seeing someone finish something is so awesome and is so incredible. You know, I'm not saying the, uh, the participation trophy of uh, you showed up. I'm saying finishing a hard thing. Not not competing against not you know the guy that comes in first is awesome the guy that comes in last but finishes is also awesome mm-hmm. and I love that uh, so watching you know I, I know that that he didn't come in last uh, the uh, the first light fighter but he struggled and then he spent a year getting better and came in seventh that was awesome to see that change and to see the work that someone puts in for something. How awesome it is when people set a goal. And that's why we're announcing it in January. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're we're ten months before the event, letting you guys know, yeah, put this on your calendar. Sign up now. Uh, and it's one of those things if you sign up now, you're you're making a commitment that you're gonna show up and you're gonna do that. You say that. It's not up on the web. Well, we're recording this. I'll I'll get up Abby and uh, we'll Right. By the time this thing drops Monday, it'll be up. Sorry, Abby. No, that was all me. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things that if you, you make the commitment and you put the work in, you will be rewarded. Yes. Uh, and it's 
of course you're going to have a, a physical reward because you're going to, you know, obviously you're training for something, you're going to become better. You know, the emotional reward is huge. And I saw that with my own daughter this year because I saw her and I, I've said it before when we talked about the light fighter podcast, how I was, I was concerned about her abilities. I, I didn't feel that she was ready for it, but I let her as an adult make that choice. Watching her confidence, knowing that she completed that, that she finished, that she didn't quit has been huge. I mean, I'm not saying that it was life changing, but she's starting her life off and it kind of was, Yeah, you know, it has given her the confidence of, I can do hard things. I can go to college. I can go, I can, I can achieve my dreams. I can set my mind to something. So do it. Find out, find out. Yeah. I want to do this. If you guys heard about it from your friends or you heard about it from the podcast. Well, yeah. For those of you, cause I see the numbers. I know not everyone was there. Yeah. More and more people are listening to the podcast. For those of you who aren't aware what we do or what we've done the past two years and we're going to do it again this year, we call it the Pennsylvania light fighter challenge. So in memory or, you know, in, in being inspired by all the light fighters who've gone before us, like Rogers Rangers uh, and, and, you know, whoever, the light infantry units, um, it's a basically it's a full day activity where you start and do an eight mile road march well not a road march because we're on roads but eight eight mile ruck and that is uh with a minimum of a 35 pound pack minus the water weight and then after you complete that eight miles then you start roughly a two mile circuit doing a lot of different activities some in the past have been a black powder shoot also we've had um for accuracy uh, rifle shooting, you know, your rifle, your AR at, at some dis- different distances and, and whatnot. And then we've had um, four-time fire starting. We've had land nav. We've had uh, a medical station. We've had axe throwing. So you gotta gotta stick that hawk, and and a lot of other things. But basically, it's after you've pushed yourself as best and as fast as you can with those eight miles. Then comes the, the challenges doing all these these physical activities. The top ten then you get awarded with the Pennsylvania light fighter tab. And then everybody else, you get an American uh, light fighter tab and anyone else who, who completes yeah. the, uh, the challenge. And again, it, it's the completion of yeah. it. And to see, like I said, you don't have to be the best, but you have to be your best. Yeah. You have to finish. We don't do hard and, things anymore. And yeah. it's, it's designed for you to go and to push yourself and learn something about yourself. We've had students who've, who've gone through and then they smoked some of the uh, stages and then others that you just were completely, you know, lost that. So then they realized, okay, this is where I'm going to focus my, mm-hmm. my training uh, next year. So that I'm, I'm more uh, well-rounded. I can, yeah. I can accomplish all these tasks. So it is a good, good time. Really yeah. good time. We, uh, we have a lot of different irons in the fire that seem to be turning into actual things, uh, that, things that we've been working on for years. You know, uh, we're going to continue to improve some of our classes. I just linked up with a, an old teammate, uh, an 18 Echo, that actually lives in Pennsylvania. So we're hoping that we can bring him into the fold a little bit and utilize him for some more um, specific type combo classes because – it's hard to get Dan up here to, uh, to teach Kamo all the time. Yeah. Uh, and this guy's local and well, local-ish. Uh, everything's, everything's within two hours, right? Uh, 
So hopefully we'll, we'll be able to have him come on and we can continue to improve uh, the combo piece and to uh, break that break that out. Um, I'm really excited about the small unit tactics coming up this year. Yeah. Every time that we do that class, it gets better and better. We're not changing. The, the, the program of instruction is still the same. Uh, it's the students and what you guys are bringing to that class and how you're interacting with each other and growing together. Absolutely love it. Right now we have a nice uh, nice number of signups for both the three-day and the five-day yeah. uh, SUT courses. Um, certainly be better if we have a, a couple more people sign up. So if that's something you're, you're interested in and you have some questions about, direct message us, contact us. We'll be happy to talk to you about that. Both of those courses are, yeah, are, are really good, are a good and, time. You know, that's one of the courses that we might be going out to Missouri yeah, uh, to, to teach. That was one of those that that range out there was interested in. They have the property for it. And um, so if you're like, oh, shoot, I, I would love to take that, but I live in Missouri. Well, we might be announcing that in a state near you, uh, you might have that class available to you. Yeah, I was just thinking, oh, why we've been talking. Why, why do I do this? Or, or what's the benefit for it? And uh, getting that stress inoculation, getting that training and everything is, is so important for you to understand and to experience beforehand. You know, having that, that um, why is this going on? So it's not, not an unknown. I was thinking of, of when you were earlier to begin the podcast talking about the effects of that adrenaline after your yeah. first fight yeah. and how, you know, you, you were ashamed and, and how, you mm-hmm. know, afraid people see, but how normal it is. I was lucky, at least for me, that I had finished most of the uh, 18 Delta course. I was already a SOC and qualified medic, and I spent, I think, like another three months struggling through that Delta course before I finally flunked out, but I, I learned a, a ton, a ton of information. Then, of course, went to the Bravo course and, you know, finished that. But uh, yada, yada, yada. The whole point of this was now I was at Sears School. And thankfully, through that Delta course, I learned a little bit, because it's the only place where I learned it, about what your body will do and how your body, how your mind will react with sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. So I remember being in a room, probably been up now for going on four days straight. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of standing in this room and I'm, you know, wanting to sleep. Body desperately needs, needs to sleep. And I look over at the wall and as I'm looking at the wall, the wall started to shake and, and then and, and vibrate. At least that's how I was perceiving it. And then all of a sudden out of the wall, but on the wall came these little stick figures. And I started watching a, uh, a, um, it's like Steamboat Willie type um, animation cartoon with these little figures walking around and stuff. And thankfully, I knew your mind's going to do that when you haven't had sleep. And, you know, and I understood it intellectually. So now when it was actually happening, I didn't freak out and like, you know, and yeah, and, and treat it otherwise. I was able to actually like, OK, this is normal. And I could sit there and enjoy my own little private cartoon on, on the wall <laughs> and, you know, and entertain myself uh, instead of, of, of losing my mind. It is so important to be forewarned and to be, you know, well, you know gain I, this I, I wasn't gonna, knowledge. I wasn't going to share this, but I, I think this is an important thing to to share to that point. Yeah. Um, I have seen some things. I have been in some hairy situations. Mm-hmm. I have I have experienced the adrenaline uh, 
to the point that sometimes I wonder if I need like that Johnny Depp level of, you know, like I'm going to skydive without a parachute and then I'm going to put one on in the middle air just so I feel something, you know, I, I sometimes I have that, that, that thought process, but I had an experience in, uh, in Vegas, uh, where, um, I was talking to someone and I turned and there was an individual who I'm not going to say who they are, but they're from Pennsylvania. I know who they are. Uh, I do not like this individual. This individual was in the booth and they were in my space. And one, I was pissed because I let them get that close to me because I was distracted and that made me angry. So that was already a trigger. I was already angry. Then this individual makes me angry because of things they've said. And this person starts like asking me how I'm doing and how the girls are doing and trying to be like all sympathetic about, you know, my situation with losing my wife and, Oh, we really care about you. And all you have to do is reach out and ask. And I, I had to respond in one word responses because I went from zero to 100 and, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking I'm in the middle of shot show. I'm in MVD's booth and I'm a, I'm a re- representative, not just, myself, but I'm a representative of Lodestone. I'm a representative of night vision devices. Yeah. So I have to be professional. I can't be like, I can't say the things I want to say, mm-hmm. you know, no, get away from me, you know? Uh, so I'm, I'm being pol- as polite as I can. And it, it really was, I was having to do one word responses. Uh, and finally the individual leaves and man, I had that, uh, because I was so angry. It wasn't an adrenaline but I had a physiological response where my body, I, I felt the, the shakes were there for a second. And I felt as I was processing through that, and because I've experienced it, because I have gone through that, because I've been in gunfights, mm-hmm. and unlike this individual, I've actually had to kill people. Um, I know what it is like to take life, and I know that you don't just throw that out lightly. It's not a video game. Um, because I recognize those things, I could sit there and do the cleansing breaths. Uh-huh. And I could just be like, okay, all right. And I was able to then, you know, people came up to the booth and had questions about night vision. I was able to go right into doing what I needed to do. You know, I was out making some visits and stuff. Yeah. And and I think that's why they, they stopped by because they were like, oh, we'll talk to Chris because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> big mistake. I know. They don't know you at all. Yeah. At all. Anyways, yeah. but but when I came back. I've known you for 18, 19, 19 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'm pretty good at reading you. We have a, you know, a good personal relationship. Yeah. I didn't pick up on any of that. You had calmed yourself down and you mm-hmm. were, you know, cool and collected until, uh, till you mentioned something a little bit later. And I was yeah. like, and you, I, you even texted me. I didn't look at the text, but I was surprised like what? And I, yeah. Yeah. And so to, to the point of that is, I would not have been able to do those, have that change, have that, yeah. be able to control my physiological response if I hadn't had the stress inoculation that I had. And it doesn't have to be the gunfights. It doesn't have to be car accidents. It, it, it can be that training. It's the 34-foot tower. Yeah. You know, we have to do that. Yes, it is much easier for me to exit the aircraft now after the 100 jumps that I have, close to 100. I know you have more jumps than mm-hmm. I do. Um the Q course really helped you. And in your time in the 82nd, you guys got more jumps yeah, than I did. My, my time in the 82nd. Um, I think I, I got out of the 82nd with less than 30 jumps. And I was there for four years. That's crazy. Um, but, I mean, one of those years I was in the deployment and then 
after that, it was just proficiency jumps. I think we jumped four times uh, after I got back from Iraq. Anyways, mm. yeah. Um, but it is definitely easier for me to exit the aircraft than the first time I did it. Mm-hmm. Because I've done it, and I know I'm going to survive. Um, but I'll tell you that that 34-foot tower, that is really the thing that did it for me. Because I knew that I knew that experience. I, I knew that I could, could survive that. That is something that, that the training does provide. And the, the growth that I see in you guys out there is so awesome. And I love seeing, I love seeing people that have come through the whole program. You know, they, they've done the level one, the level two, level three class. And then I see them come back to a level one class. And the light that I see in their eyes when they're setting up and we're doing something simple like, you know, controlled pair, standing, and they're paying attention to all the, all the eight fundamentals, and they realize, now I know why I'm standing like this. I'm standing like this because if I had to be dynamic, because in the level two class, I learned how to move. Or in that, that uh, when I did that level three class where we were in the house and we were doing force on force, and I understand the importance of driving my gun like that, and you see it click. I love that. I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. And I just... That is the juice for me. That that's what makes me want to do this. I, I know that you and I both this year, or sorry, last year, last year sucked. There there were some bad things, and I know that you and I both at different times and shoot together at some points, we were ready to give it up. Yeah. We were like, all right, <laughs> let's get day jobs, man. Like it's not worth the hassle. Absolutely. I mean, the emotional tax that we were paying and not 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 being able to provide for our families and you know all of that and. Both of us know that, no, this is what the Lord wants us to be doing. And so we need to drive drive forward and, and keep doing it. Um, and then, like like I said, uh, we're starting to, things are picking up and we're getting some of those contracts and some of these private classes. And, you know, those prayers are being answered. And I know you guys out there are praying for us that we'll be able to continue to do this. And we're able to do and provide this content for good people. You know, I don't. I don't mind taking Uncle Sugar's money uh, so that we can continue to train uh, and provide good training so that you guys oh. can better your families. And, you know, let's be honest. Our, our partner that we've been working with, I support their mission. A hundred percent. Yes. I, you know, it's every time I, uh, I think about what they're doing and the benefit, it benefits America. Mm-hmm. And you, it's kind of hard to say that about some government agencies sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and you guys out there, you know Jared and I. You know how we feel. Um, we we believe in in this great nation and the principles that it was founded upon. So when we say that, we're not just taking we're not taking money from those that uh, that are undeserving of yeah. our training. Though you know, I, I wouldn't mind picking up a contract for those uh, IRS agents. Hey, you know. Just keep them safe. Uh-huh, just yeah. make sure they don't shoot themselves. Teach you know? them all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, what what is our going our daily rate for them is what fifty k. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. The problem with training the IRS is they know exactly how much you make. <laughs> that got stopped, though. Thank goodness. Oh. Anyways, but who's going to audit me this year? 
One other thing that I would like to say, specifically for those of you in Pennsylvania, is Joshua Prince. Um, he is running for for judge, and it's a statewide election, and he definitely could use our support. I don't know of a more pro-Second Amendment, pro-freedom um, lawyer that I've ever met. Civil rights attorney. Yes, civil rights attorney. That's what he likes to say. Then him, if... Uh, if you guys could go ahead and follow him on, on Instagram, it's Prince for PA is his handle there. Uh, they definitely need, uh, they could use donations, help him with his campaign. Uh, his opponent in the primary is definitely more of an institutional kind of individual, just not the person that we would want uh, in there, and especially compared to Josh. And Josh is, would be the perfect, is the perfect uh, candidate. So, Go ahead and give him a follow, and if you can, donate uh, to him for his his election. And that that's definitely something that you know. Pass that on to your friends. Yes, uh, you know your local gun shop, your local range. You got to have these conversations. Uh, I was I was having dinner with a man uh, earlier this week who said that you know he, he's he's saddened by the way the world is, and later in the conversation. Um, he mentioned the fact that the first election he ever voted in was uh, 1996. This man is 30 years older than I am. He should have been voting a lot sooner than that. So I just immediately looked like, well, it's your fault <laughs> that we're sitting where we're sitting, you know. Um, and I, I hope that stings. I hope that stings to people. They're like, ah, well, you know, uh, what does my vote matter? Jared has already talked about how much one vote can change an election. Yeah. Um, we have to support those righteous people that are trying to defend our rights. Uh, we need to pass this constitution onto our children. It's not just about us. It's about preserve, preserving this great nation for the next generation. You know, I'm looking at my kids right now. I want them, it, they're not growing up in the world that I grew up in. I want them to still have the freedoms that I have. And I want my grandchildren to have that. And we cannot give these things up for an illusion of safety because we all know that it's not. We can look at the states and the cities that have banned uh, firearms and or tried to take away the Second Amendment, and they're, they look like third-world countries. Mm -hmm. And we do not want our children growing up in these, these places. Yeah, I put up a post earlier uh, this week. As a, I, I, honestly, I forgot. I took down their information, but I completely forgot who it was. But someone at a class, might have been at our uh, Freedom Day, and um, he had a really cool uh, PMAG that was all blue. Then he had the, the Pennsylvania uh, you know, flag mm -hmm. on there. So I put it up. And then some of the people commenting is, I'm about done with the state uh, and, and other, other things, you know, all ticked off, justifiably so. At Pennsylvania, I mean, shoot, we, we elected Fetterman. Uh, well, you know, I mean, that, that, that's questionable. But yeah, but my point is, yeah, that 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 might be true, but we still have to do something. You still have to fight. You still have to stand up. And supporting Josh it is, is is an easy thing yeah. to do. Um, why is California the way it is? Because everyone that didn't agree, they left, and it just got worse. We can't, we can't run. We can't give it up. 
this is a great state. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that it stays that great state. I've said it before. We should just go ahead and give Philadelphia to New Jersey. I know that the people of Philadelphia would be happier to be Jerseyans. And, uh, you know, our state would instantly improve. (laughs) Statistically, you know, our murder rate would drop. But uh, we, we have a duty here, you know. If you have the means and ability, you shouldn't run. You should take those means and you should try and fight for that next generation. Yeah. Because what happens if we keep running, we're going to find ourselves in, you know, overpopulating Montana. <laughs> and uh, then what? Then we're going to be surrounded. Uh, we've given, we, we gave up too much territory. Um we're not in a position where we, we need to give up territory. We still have a fight in us. And a lot of that comes from supporting those that are going to be in positions to, uh, to defend. And one of the reasons why I feel it's so important to, uh, to help uh, Josh Prince out here is a lot of these fights are being handled at the judicious level. Yes. It is, they're trying so hard to take care. They, they can't do it legislatively, so they're attacking things. You know, so so where does where is Soros pouring his money in? DAs. Yes. So ju- if, judicial system. Yep. If we have, you know, those good people in those those judging judge roles, like Josh Prince, that that is a, a defense against these attacks. So um, definitely, I've I've shared his information with people that I go to church with, uh, people that I interact with outside of. You guys here on Lodestone, um, you guys need to do the same. And if you're outside the state um, and you have friends and family that live inside the state, talk to them. Let them know. Uh, We've got to spread the word. It's important. And if you guys uh, go ahead and give them a follow, I'll tell you, messages help. Send him a a DM and let him know that you're, you're thankful for the efforts that he's doing. He needs the he needs the uh, support um, financially. Uh, absolutely. Um, if you don't have the means financially, still give him the shout out. Let him know that uh, that you're voting for him, so he knows he's not alone. That yeah. that matters a lot. Absolutely. Well, I think that was a decent first podcast. Yeah, folks, I'm I'm looking forward to this year. But there's a lot of other things coming up that we want to tell you about. We're just waiting for <laughs> confirmation. Yep, waiting for confirmation. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. It will be nice to share that stuff with people. Yeah. It's going to be a good year. Yes, it is. It's going to be our best year. Yeah. Year of the rabbit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, I don't think, knock on wood, that China is going to invade Taiwan till next year. Because oh. no one wants to invade on the year of the rabbit. Next year is the year of the dragon, you know? Yeah, I mean, it just, it sounds better, you know? Uh, it's all psychological. Uh-huh. But rabbits are fierce, though. You know, watership down. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Come back and fight! Dogs aren't dangerous! General Woundworth's body was never found. 